Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Once again, we just want to uh, say thank you for gathering us as to learn your holy word tonight, Almighty God. And we ask the Father that uh, please speak to us through your word that we, that we may be able to hear that very still voice of yours that's speaking to our inner man, O Lord God. And we pray that through the help of your Holy Spirit, that your word will be kept inside our hearts so that whenever we need your word, Lord God, it will be there to inspire and encourage us whatever we are going through in life, Lord. So tonight, Father, help us and we live up to you, O oh God, our brother George, that you just anoint him, O oh God, and put your word to his lips so that he will be able to teach us your word boldly, O oh Father God. Once again, Lord, we commit to you the rest of this uh, fellowship and Bible study, and that may your name be glorified, O oh Lord, in this week, pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, um, we'll go back to our study in Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings 6. Um, I'm going to read Second Kings chapter six. I'm going to read um, verse. I hope you can hear me. I'm going to read from verse thirteen because. I think there's a noise background, George. Yes, I'm sorry. Just hold on. Let me sort that out. That stopped, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So, um, I'll read from verse um, 13. I'll take it down to verse um. Context. We we'll read it from verse 13, and then I'll go down to verse 23. So, second thing, chapter 6. So he said, Go and see where he is, so that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Verse 14. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots, and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded me. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now, Elisha said to them, This is not the way. No, is it me? And I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So it was when they had come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of this man that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And there they were inside Samaria. Now, when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elisha, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? But he answered, you shall not kill them. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and, and your bow? Set food and water before them. 
that they may eat and drink and go to their master. Then he prepared a great feast for them, and after they ate and drank, after they ate and drank, they they sent them away and went to their master. So the band of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. May God grant us understanding as we study his word together this evening. Um, I just as a I read all that just to give us some context. But if you remember, we've been looking at God and how God has been relating with um servant Elisha and how in turn Elisha has been bringing the consciousness of God to the environment he was living in as usual please we are going to only uh, to give us um, some form of recap or should I say summary and this you see this little family all seated So, um, Regine, are you going to volunteer somebody to give us a just a short summary? Volunteer. You are my you are my eyes in your house. In that sense, you can volunteer yourself. You are allowed to. So, just volunteer somebody there, just to give us a summary of last what we discussed last week, so that we can build on it. Thank you very much. Isa, the senior teacher has spoken. Thank you. Is it your Adam, right? Yes. As the follower of Christ, we should endure hardships. We must embrace enduring hardships so that we can please Jesus. We should not embrace or entangle ourselves in the um, worldly, worldly matters. Our mind is full of worldly things, but and the devil. We should seek the king, and our heavenly Father provides for us. As a soldier, 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 we must keep our thoughts on heavenly matter so that we can defeat the enemy. We must use every opportunity to serve God. We should pray so that we have the mindset where we bring the Lord everywhere. The enemy will do anything to to bring us, bring silence to us. The enemy is interested in our soul. Where we are in our walk with God is important. We are hidden in Christ. As long as we remain in Christ, we won't be captured. We should stay close to Jesus and don't let any distractions take us away from him. We need to fear the Lord. Um, we must surrender our personal liberty to Jesus. Um, um, Elisha was in the security of God, so he must have been saved. Thank you very much, Lisa. It's lovely, lovely summary. Um, I hope we have been reminded of some of the things we talked about last time. Um, in Bastetin, if you remember, there was a call by the king of um, Syria, and he asked, he said, "Go and see where he is." that I may send and get him. And like Risa was telling us and reminding us by God's grace there, that where you are in your relationship with Jesus determines where that has can get at you. That call, go and see where he is. That call has not changed even up to now. The, the enemy keeps asking over your life, over my life, Go and check where he is. Where, he, where is he in his relationship with Jesus? Where is he in his prayer life? Where is he? Is he still remaining within the boundary of God's law? Or he's now in a far country? Like the prodigal son. You know, so that, 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 um, that call has not changed 
even in our day. And look at where the man of God was. Surely he's in Dota. And I remember we just made a short reference last time. That Dotan was where Joseph lost his independence in the will of God. It was in Dotan that Joseph was captured as a slave. And he was sold to the Ishmaelites who sold him on to Potiphar. It was in Dotan that um, Joseph's journey unto the greatness God was having for him, had planned for him, began. And we said that our own Dotan should be a place where we lose our independence. What I mean by independence is your way of doing things, your own plan, and allow God to take over. I remember we mentioned that a bit last week. So we 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 want to continue from where we stopped and we want to look at verse 14 and move on. So look at verse 14. The Bible said, therefore, that's the king, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there to Dotan. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And honestly, beloved brethren. Said anytime you see the word therefore, the, the meaning of that is what has happened before. Based on what has happened before, the Bible says he sent the king sent horses and chariots and a great army to go and capture the man of God. Very interesting. And most times, you know, I hope you know that the devil is not all-knowing. Even when the devil comes to your life to try and trick you, to try and deceive you, it's only attempting. It's only wants to attempt on your life. He wants to check. Let's give it a try. Maybe this man will flip and fall. That's why he's, he's called the temper. He's always attempting on your life. He's always trying to see. Let me see if I can trick him. Maybe. I hope you know that that was the same mind he went to meet Jesus. He tempted Jesus. He said, Jesus is hungry now. Let me just try. I may be successful. And, may. and he doesn't give up. And look at the king here. Me too. He tried. He said, okay, let me send. Because of what Elisha has been doing, causing trouble in my kingdom. Always revealing my secrets. Let me also try. And I remember in one of our studies, God reminded us that we should do our utmost best as we please God to make sure the enemy is troubled because of your life. Do you remember the king was troubled? He said, ah, who is it that is with all the time? And beloved brethren, once we keep our relationship with Jesus and we are growing and we are close to him, the enemy is always troubled. Let, let us, by God's grace, not allow the enemy to be excited over us. When you disobey God, the enemy rubs his hands and says, yes, <laughs> this is wonderful. He's disobeying God. Let's, let's keep and ensure that our lives always please God. And as it pleases God, what happens? The enemy is troubled, is offended. So we see the king here in verse 14. The king sent horses. The king sent um so the king sent horses and chariots and a great army. And what were they coming to do, please? They came, they surrounded the city. And look at the time they came. They came at night. Do you know that is very significant? Can I ask a question? Just a general question. Why is it that the enemy will come at night? Let's just discuss it briefly. 
Why at night? Because nobody's out at night. The, the devil's going to try and ambush you if he does it at night when you're doing least expecting it. Exactly. Thank you very much, Jekyll. At night, when when it looks as if at night all guards are down. At night, you are relaxed. Is that time you want to sleep? At night. Oh, I don't know. Let me. This scripture is just coming to my heart. Do you remember when Judas was going to betray Jesus? The Bible said, when they were having the Passover meal, Jesus told Judas, he said, what you are going to do, go and do it quickly. The other disciples did not know. And the Bible said, Satan entered Judas' heart, and he went out, and it was night. The scripture says, at night, it looks, if I see the enemy uses the opportunity, he waits for the night of your life. He wants to check. This guy is relaxed at night. He's no longer watching. Let's try it. And this just gives us a very clear, a strong clarion call. That we, even when we are at the night of us, we must keep praying, we must keep watching. You see, at night, Activity is down. There is no light. And what this is just teaching us is that even when there is no Christian support around, even though you are alone, maybe you are passing through a very tough time, it can be classified as the night of your life. Even then, listen to what Jesus said. He said, watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. Do you remember that when do you remember the story of the, the wise and foolish virgins? Yes. If you remember that story in Matthew chapter 25, the Bible said that ten virgins went out to meet the Lord, the bridegroom. And the Bible says, all slumbered, they all slept. And excuse me, when do you think they slept, please? At night. They didn't sleep during the day. They were, because it was light, the sun was out, they were watching during the day, which is natural. But at night, what happens? You want to sleep. You've been up and down during the day. It's only reasonable for you to sleep at night. But, that scripture tells us that there was a call at midnight. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Prepare to meet him. And beloved brethren, God in his mercy has not stopped. He is still making his clarion call even in the night time, the spiritual night time. If you look at the world today, you don't, we were discussing this before we started the study. So many wars all over the place. It's as if the world is passing through a night time. A lot of wars, look at society, is battling left, right, and center. We've not even been, we've not finished dealing with that aspect. It's as if the world is passing through the night time. But beloved brethren, what is God calling us to do? Is saying, even if the enemy is sending out his horses and chariots and great army, please do not let go. Do not go and sleep the sleep of death. Watch and pray. We've reminded ourselves on this platform before. When Adam, when Peter and the other disciples, he's way with me. They went. They were meant to go and pray with him. So Jesus went prayed, but by the time he came back, the disciples were sleeping, and they slept. And Jesus asked them, "So you could not even watch with me?" And when they woke up, 
they came to arrest Jesus. Do you see what happened? Peter drove out and cut off somebody's ear. When you don't pray, when you are not prayerful, you will easily fall to temptation. That's exactly what happened with Peter. He had not been prayerful. No wonder. When they asked him, you belong to Jesus. He said, me? I don't know that man. Ah, but you, you look like him. You talk like him even. You're, the way you are, you, are, you are talking, that's exactly the way Jesus is. We talk. He said, ah, ah, excuse me. The Bible said he swore. I don't know that man. Happens. When, when you don't pray, when you don't watch and pray, easily you will fall for temptation. And I'm praying that God will help us. In our Christian journey, let's be attentive to these instructions. So we see that the army came. And look at, look at it. I thought they would go straight to Elisha. The Bible said, they came by night and surrounded the city. Ah! You came to arrest one man. And you barricaded, you barricaded the whole city. Should I tell you, that is exactly how the enemy operates. The enemy, when he wants to catch you, what does he do? He makes sure that every attempt of escape you have, he tends to barricade it. This is not the first time. The enemy wanted to kill Jesus when he was young. Do you remember? We read that scripture last week. Herod. Jesus. So what did he do? He killed all the children, all the boys, two years and below, to ensure that he had caught Jesus. He said him, I thought he will go straight. But look at what the enemy did there, the king. He surrounded the city. So if you saw, if, if, if a man wanted to travel out of the city that day, that night, he couldn't. Why? Because he had come to get Elisha. And at times, the enemy can pull out all the stops to make sure that you and me fall. He doesn't care what he does. He can cause utter devastation. He can cause utter, utter um, hopelessness just to ensure that your faith, even if it's only you, your faith is down. Beloved brethren, we will see how does God want us to handle the When I see the enemy is on you, look at the word of God. Very important. And I'm praying that God will grant us more insight. So they surrounded the city to catch one man, Elisha. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. So, you notice something there, and let me tell you, the strategy of the enemy has not changed. Please, cannot just ask, let's just ask any of the children, where else did you see horses and chariots being sent to deal with the children of God? Yes? Where else in scripture do you have you seen did they mention horses and chariots were sent? Yes. Moses and the rest. Exactly. The children of Israel left Egypt in Exodus. Hmm? Maybe we should go there. Exodus chapter 14. Go to Exodus 14, just to remind us that when you see horses and chariots, and you are thinking, was that deployed to cause trouble for the children of God? Exodus 14. Let's go there. The Bible said they were crossing the Red Sea, that they were going to cross the Red Sea. And suddenly, the, the 
Egyptians were coming with their horses and chariots. Let's look at it. Now, the Bible said in verse 5, maybe we should read it from there. Now, Exodus chapter 14, verse 5. Now, it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the hearts of Pharaoh and his servants were the people. And they said, why have we done this? So that we have let Israel go from serving us. Do you see the devil? The devil wants to ensure that you keep serving him. And when you gave your life to Christ, God delivered you from under his, his, his hold. So you are now meant to be serving Jesus. But the enemy doesn't stop. He, he keeps asking, ah, why, why is it that we have let this action go from serving me? Look at verse 6. So, he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. Read verse 7. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. This is what was happening there. The enemy had very strong horses and chariots. And in an attempt to stop them from going to serve their God, do you remember when Pharaoh asked Moses, or Moses was declaring to Pharaoh, he told him, he said, let my people go so that they can go and serve me. So that they can go and serve the Lord God. That was the reason God delivered the children of Israel from under Egyptians. And beloved brethren, that same purpose has not changed even for your own life. The reason why you are following Jesus is because you have been delivered from the hand of the wicked one. And you have been translated so that you can serve him, so that you can please him, so that you can grow and love God more and more as the years and the days of your life go by. But the enemy doesn't like that agenda. How can you let them go to serve God? They must serve me. And that was what was happening here. So they, they mustered, they mobilized their army, choice chariots. If you see those horses that were chasing the children of Israel, those horses were not malnourished horses. They were horses that were fed properly. They are muscles. Have you seen horses with big muscles? When they start running, eh, it's, it's, very, it's very powerful. They are grooming those horses, and their job is to run. Very interesting. But look, the Bible said they had... 600 choice chariots. And the Lord had had in the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. And I pray, we too, go out with boldness like the children of Israel. That we will be bold in our pursuit of God. That we will not compromise it at all. At that time, the children of Israel resolved, yes, we are leaving Egypt. We are not staying back. Anytime you, you don't have boldness in following God, you will remember Egypt. You remember when you, where you came from. Do you remember the children of Israel did that? When they were in the wilderness and they did not have food to eat, they didn't have water. When they faced any kind the next thing that happened is they asked Moses, excuse me, Moses, we remember the cucumbers, the onions, the garlic bread we used to eat in Egypt. We remember the samosas and the pizzas we used to eat in Egypt. In fact, Pharaoh used to, Egypt had a lot of goat meat, lovely. The chicken, <laughs> the 
They will spice it up. Everything will be doing. Mm, 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 mm. The smell was good. Anytime, beloved brethren, you face difficulty in your Christian work or in life, and you start remembering your old life, be very careful. Once you start remembering and you start cherishing in your heart, you need to keep on your guard because you fall. The enemy has not stopped. He will keep pursuing you. He will keep trying to trip you up until you get to the other side. So we notice here that the Egyptians, the Bible said in verse 9, so the Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, overtook them, camping by the side, beside Pith, Ahel, before the bar, before Baal, Zephon. Verse 10, and when, and when Pharaoh Jr., the children of Israel, lifted their eyes and behold the Egyptians march after them. The enemy has not stopped his agenda. He's still trying to pursue to make sure he catches you. But beloved brethren, that that I'm not going to expand on that because God was I hope you know that God has given us the victory in Christ. And the issue is, we need to maintain that victory in Christ. So let's go back to Second Kings. I just thought I should correlate horses and chariots as one of the, should I say, the background, or should I say, the enemy, enemy's plan. His plan is to keep pursuing you. So Second Kings, chapter 6. Well, verse 14, isn't it? No, verse 15. There was something that happened in verse 15. It's as if the enemy was waiting. They had surrounded the city to catch one man. And what happened? The servant of the man of God woke up early. Do you see the Bible there? The Bible said in verse 15, And the servant of the man of God arose early in the morning. Early. Is it not a good servant? A good servant that arises early. He woke up. Well, excuse me. Look at the next thing. The Bible said he, he woke up, he arose early, and went out. Very interesting to me. I don't know if that scripture interests you as well. He woke up early and went out. Is that not a lesson for us? What do you do first? You wake up early, and the first thing is to grab this and say, Ah, what's up? What? You meet Boris Johnson as marriage? I didn't know. <laughs> you wake up early, and the first thing is to face Facebook and check. Instead of facing the book, the word of God. You wake up early. And the first thing, it's almost reflex now for you. You, you pick your phone and then you start scrolling. You start checking the messages. Oh, I love this dress. And before you know it, you spend the next 30 minutes examining social media when you wake up early. This man Servant of the man of God. Thank God he was not oversleeping. He woke up early. He did the wrong thing. The Bible said he went out. He went out to do what? We were talking about this some time ago in my house. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, he woke up early to go and ease himself. He knows there's a little toilets in the house. So he went to go and ease himself. Yes, if he went to ease himself, that was good. But he went out. And look at it. When you wake up early and you don't do the right thing, you will see what you see. 
Look at it. He went out, he arose early and went out, and there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. So that tells me that servant, when he got up, he went out of his house where they were staying. Because how did he know the, the, the city was surrounded? Maybe he wanted to go out of the city. He went as far as to know that, ah, the city is surrounded with army, with the army. What's going on? Brother, when you wake up early, please stay in God's presence. When you wake up early, and I thank God you wake up early, stay in God's presence. Devote that early hours of the day to Him. There's no point waking up early and then the first thing you are thinking about how you are going to get to work first. When you wake up early by God's grace, engage God. Even if it's for a short time, that will help your day. It will help your own devotional life with God. The Bible said he woke up early and went out. No wonder he saw the enemy. Instead of seeing God, Look at it. He saw an army surrounding the city, horses and chariots. And his servant said to the man of God, Alas, master, what shall we do? Very interesting, interesting question. Master, what shall we do? Thank God he cried unto his master. When he saw what he should not have seen, he cried unto his master, Beloved brethren, when you two see what you should not see, what do you do? In any, you can look at that scripture in several dimensions. You wake up and if you're spending time with God, you saw the wrong thing and you realized. I said, ah, Lord, have mercy, help me. For this servant, he saw the army of the enemy. And he cried, Master, what shall we do? And I pray that you too will not be resistant to crying out to God when the need arises. That your heart will be very free at every point in time to cry out. That you will not bottle up your problems and say, well, God understands. And you do not cry to him. You don't call up to him. For this servant, he called up to Elisha. But the lesson for us is when we do things we are not meant to do or see what we are not meant to see, please learn the habit of crying to God for help. So we notice here, he said to his master, Alas, master, what shall we do? And I thank God. Look at verse 16. He said, So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that you will remember this scripture and its reference in your life. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, let's correlate this scripture. We have a reference to this. We have a reference in our relationship with Jesus to this situation. Those who are with Elisha said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Yes, Elisha knew the enemy is out there. They have horses and chariots. But where was Elisha's confidence? Where was his faith? The same applies to you. And we want to check. Does, can anybody give me the scriptural reference that relates to this scripture? Those who are with us 
are more than those who are with them. Yes? From the judges' house. Okay, since you don't want to answer, okay, I can see. Who is answering? Samuel. Uh -huh. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so what were you thinking about? No, no, no. Was... The question is, what is, you know, the Bible says, Elisha said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, that is for Elisha at that time. It's a scriptural reference. On what situation in scriptures do we can we draw that relates with this statement? Those who are with them are more than those who are with us. Sorry, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I was thinking of the story of Gideon. Because okay, no, in the New Testament, let me give you a clue. Um, we, we keep we've talked about it before. Okay, open to First John, chapter four, and read. Let me read the verse. Look for the verse and read. First John four. Yes. Yes? First John 4. Yeah, huh? John 4. <laughs> Tony has helped you. Oh yeah, Samuel, read it. First John 4, 4, yeah? You, you dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So that's a that's the scriptural reference that correlates. The Bible is saying there in verse 4, because he who is with you. So excuse me, who is with you, please? Jesus. He who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. And who is in the world? The enemy. His courts. His wicked deeds and devices and plans. The Bible is telling us categorically and clearly. He who is with you, Jesus who is with you, is greater than he who is in the world. That was what Elisha talked about there. was a shadow of what applies to us in reality in our generation, in our own dispensation. For Elisha, if you read that story, we'll get there. The God he was with was far bigger, far greater than the army of Syria that came to arrest him. The same thing applies to us. The Jesus who is with me, the Jesus who is with you, is greater, bigger, more powerful than he who is in the world. And we mentioned who is in the world, the enemy. That was the correlation I was trying to relate to there in that verse. So the Jesus who is with you, and we need to recognize this at all times. We need to live in the consciousness of this. Except if Jesus is not with you. If Jesus is with you, that is all you need. Jesus you carry is not ordinary. It's not just a make-believe. Because of Jesus, and where you are with him, the enemy is always troubled. He's not happy when you are with Jesus. Because he knows he can't get at you. He knows he can't get at you. I don't know if you remember, was it in um, Acts chapter 
I think he's 28. I can't remember now. In the book of Acts, when uh, Paul was in Malta, do you remember? And he, he came to the seashore with his brethren, and they were gathering sticks. They wanted to make a fire. And as they were gathering sticks, a serpent coiled off and, and wrapped around his hand. Do you remember? And the Bible said he just shook off the, the, the serpent into the fire. The serpents did not know <laughs> that <laughs> Paul was carrying Jesus. He just wrapped his hand, wrapped himself around the, uh, the hand of Paul. That's what happened. Only Jesus. Even if the enemy tries to get at you, he has failed already. Why? Because of the person you carry. I pray that you will walk with this understanding. I pray that you will make this, you will live in this consciousness. You see, let me tell you, if God should open your eyes to see all what the enemy is planning against you, you, you might just tell God, God, I don't want to leave. There are so many things. The fact that you are carrying Jesus shields you away from. I pray you understand that the Jesus that is with you is a solid guarantee of safety. It's not that there will be problems. There will be problems. There will be challenges. But at the end of it all, you will receive victory because you carry Jesus. Suddenly, God opens your eyes to see demons in front of your house. Excuse me, will you be able to sleep? With your eyes just open, and then you just see demons. Let me tell you, because you carry Jesus. You see, I want you to believe this scripture with the whole of your heart. He that is with you. Ordinary you. Ordinary me. He that is with us is by he that is in the world. That is the promise Jesus has given to us that follow him. Except if you are not with him. I pray you understand that this is the consciousness in which we should live in. So when everybody is afraid, ah, eh, ah, ah, I don't want to die, I don't want to die. The question is, who is with you? Who is with your heart? You cannot afford to live on your own without Jesus. That's the matter. I'm praying that God will reassure you again. God will help your heart to be settled in this truth. Do you know when, when, oh, it's, it's interesting. I can never forget when years and years we were doing some work with my junior brother years ago. And interestingly, we're so hungry, we're helping to clear a building that was just built. And some people brought bean cakes for us so that we could eat. And some of our relations, I remember my dad mentioned, he said, ah, don't touch that food. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know. People are wicked. Da, 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 da. Ah! And we've been working since 6 a.m. And here was bean cakes. I called my brother. I said, come, let's pray. Let's bless this food. said, <laughs> it was very interesting that day. We were starving. This was around, this was now around, is it four? Four o'clock. 
ordinarily, when you think about it, I don't touch it because there might be poison in there. So I told my brother, let's pray. Just join hands with me. Father, we thank you for this green cakes. We ask your God that you sanctify it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you know we are hungry. Even if there's poison inside, Lord, we are praying. Eradicate it in Jesus' name. We set it down and drank. We ate it. We ate. We didn't finish. We ate part of it. Drank cold water on top, on top of it, and we continued doing what we were doing. It was very interesting because some other, some of my aunties that came around when they saw the bean cakes, they ate it. They didn't even pray. <laughs> Do you know, the reason why I said that is because, you see, fear can, can make us forget this scripture. This verse 4 we just read. Do a lot of things through life without even thinking about it. If you realize the risks involved of doing anything you want to do, you might not do it. But you see, living in the consciousness that he that is with you is greater than he that is in the world. It's a reassuring confidence in Jesus. It's like a, a person being employed. We talked about it. A soldier not go to war on his own expense. As a soldier of Jesus, it is God's responsibility to look after you because you are his soldier. The same way, a country will always look after its military or its soldiers. Everything the soldier wears, the shoes, the uniform, it's not the soldier that buys it. It is provided by the, by the country. The same thing with God. Because you are God's soldier, after you, it is his responsibility. I'm praying that we'll walk in this consciousness. That we'll not live our lives in fear. Let's go back to Second Kings, chapter six. Look at it, verse sixteen. Do not fear, and I'm praying that that will be your own testimony. You will not live in fear. Why? Because he that is with you, the Jesus that is with you, is greater than he that is in the world. Look at verse 17. As if God wanted to help that servant, Elijah prayed. He said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Oh, I pray that this will be our own experience too. You see, this prayer is so crucial, even in our world today. This prayer you cannot do with that beloved brother, beloved sister. God needs to keep opening your eyes all the time. To see his plan, to see his own way, to see his own will, to see what he's doing. That's it. God, Elisha prays, Lord, open his eyes. The reason why you need God to open your eyes is because, you see, you need to be able to see what God is doing. The word of God. Keep praying this prayer. Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what you want me to do. So that I can see what you are doing. There is nothing as good as knowing God's will, knowing God's plan. It settles your heart. It keeps you at peace. It doesn't make you live in fear because you, ask, you know what God is doing. The reason why this young man, this servant, was scared when he saw the because he didn't see. He hadn't seen what God was planning. He didn't see that heaven had already deployed his own army. He didn't see. He didn't know. But you see, there is, and I gave a, 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 a reason there. It's because he went out. Instead of spending time with the Father, with his God, he went out. When you when you ignore your devotion, when you ignore your devotional life with God, you don't see what God is seeing. 
of devotion is an opportunity where God rubs on your heart so that you, you encounter him, so that you can know what he's doing, so that you can know God's mind. When you don't make yourself available, you can't know God's mind. It is not magic. It doesn't just happen with the snap of the finger. Elisha was spending time with God. When Elisha got up, he didn't just go out. He was with the Lord. I'm praying that this will be a lifestyle for us. That as you wake up, the first thing is, I'm off. But that you will spend time with him so that you can know God's mind. It's those that spend time with God that know his mind. <laughs> so we see here, Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And God in mercy, look at it. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. What did he see? The Bible said, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and of fire all around Elisha. Wonderful. The chariots that came to arrest Elisha were wooden and iron chariots. The chariots got deployed from heaven were chariots. Yes. In Matthew 26, when um, it mentioned about, you know, legions of angels, mm -hmm. one legion is equivalent to like 12,000. And that I is. don't think uh, even just one angel there, George, isn't it? You see, when the Bible says, he that later, you can't compare one angel with all those, with all those, um, armies from the from Syria and Jesus said I can tell my father in heaven and he will send legions heavenly beings that are so mighty and great we can't compare them with human chariots one swipe one angel will carry out will finish all of them that is the joy that is the glory we have in following Jesus. So the Bible is saying here that behold the mountain, and you see it touched my heart where Elisha was. Elisha was on the mountain. Early in the morning, he was on the mountain. On the mountain, what do you do on the mountain? You are alone with God, like Jesus. On the mountain, he was spending time with his father. Early in the morning. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And what did he see? The mountain where Elijah was. He was full of chariots. They were not ordinary horses and chariots. Horses and chariots of fire. How, how were they going to arrest somebody who is surrounded with fire? Excuse me. Answer. How? The child of God who is following Jesus is close to him. He's surrounded by a hedge of fire. I'm praying that you will live in this consciousness. That your, your heart will not be your fear. Let the enemy try what he wants to try. As long as you are with Jesus. It's not arrogance. It's the privilege of following the Lord Jesus. It's not arrogance. You are not, it's not something to be boasting around. It is, it's just like you work for a company. And the company has provided you with its credit card. How do you spend? Eh? You, need, you need to get to the airport and you need to take Uber. And your company is credit card. Do you start bargaining with the Uber driver and say, uh, you, you, you are charging me 40 pounds? No, you see, that's not, you, you, do you think twice? You just go with the card and, or you go with the card and you just say, oh. if they bring their card reader, you just, you just present it. You don't question. That is the advantage you have following God. There are some privileges. 
that dwells under the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Once you are dwelling in the secret place, like what Elisha was doing, let the enemy try his best. He can't catch him. Because he was on the mountain of the Lord. Those chariots of fire were surrounding Elisha. That's what touched me there. They were surrounding Elisha. So even if the Syria army was going to move and come in and try and arrest him, what would they see, please? Fire. And we reminded ourselves before on this platform. Remember, I'll just remind us again. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. This is... Let me just read it from verse 1. Just, I'm just going to read it. I won't explain anything. The Bible says, verse 1, Colossians 3, verse 1. If then you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So where is your life, please? Your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. May God give us help. May God, may God continue to enlarge our understanding. And we see there, for Elisha, chariots of fire were surrounding him. I just pray that and I hope and pray that you are reassured of God's protection over your life. I hope and pray that you will not be living in fear. I hope and pray that, yes, there's COVID out there, but you, your life will not be engrossed by fear. The Bible said he has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and of a sound mind. That is a product, consequence, or should I say a privilege for following Jesus. Even when things are bad, you are at peace. Why? Because of your relationship with him and where you are in his program. I pray God will enlarge our understanding as we keep meditating and thinking on these things. And behold, in that part 17, the mountain was full. Wonderful. This is, this is glorious. The mountain was full. It wasn't just a few chariots of fire. It was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Beloved, can we live in the consciousness of these truths? Can we make this our consciousness? That as we live our Christian living it in fear, we know that he that is with you is greater than he that is in the world. So we are going to pray. I will stop here. We will pray and ask God, God, please, can you help me? We've noticed that some very crucial instructions in what we've read. We've seen the young man who got up early in the morning and went out. And we've said, don't be disturbed at the activities you have during the day. Don't be quick to just say, ah, I'm off when you wake up. Spend time. God, so that you can know his mind, so that you can see what he's seeing. Let's be conscious of the fact that he, the Jesus that is with us, that is with you, is greater than the wicked devil, the enemy that is in the world. And let's be reassured that your life is hidden in Christ, 
with God. It's not me that said it. It's the word of God. May God grant us understanding. So, by God's grace, we'll just pray on these points. Amen. Praise the Lord for His Word. So, uh, let's go to... Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 